Welcome back to Cover B. Hi, everyone. We're on summer vacation. It is summer break. We are taking the month of July off because reasons. Um, <laughs> but we did want to pop in and do a real extra. Obviously, Black Widow came out. Yes. So we want to talk about it. That is correct. And we are going to. Yes. I do want to say, before we dive into the movie, that while we are on summer break, we are not completely leaving you high and dry. We are posting summer break archives. Mm -hmm. So each week, instead of our regular posts or our regular episodes, you're going to be getting a blast from the past where we're posting some segments that you may have missed that we did a long, long, long time ago. Um, this past week, we did our very first graphic novelties ever, and we've got something else special planned for this upcoming weekend. Indeed. So check those out. Those are back from the days when our format for the show was a lot more convoluted than it needed to be. A lot more. And we were trying to cram large amounts of info and tiny amounts of time. Uh, so we decided to pull some of those and make little kind of blast from the past episodes. That's right. To fill in the gap. But we are going to do this episode today. As I mentioned, we are talking about Black Widow. Black Widow has recently hit theaters. Uh, it follows Natasha Romanov after the events of Civil War, before the events of Infinity War, and it's kind of a setup for who she becomes in between those two movies. Yes. Um, it's a weird timing for that, considering those movies were like six years ago or something yeah eight years ago or something crazy six i think civil war i don't remember when civil war was but uh we finally got our black widow movie that was promised to us back in the day uh it's a shame the character is now dead um <laughs> yeah right spoilers for an <laughs> end game if people haven't seen it anyway uh t your thoughts yes so I have been not so patiently waiting for this movie for, what, eight years now? Very impatiently. Very impatiently. Almost chaotically waiting. <laughs> Look, man. Violently writhing would be more I mean, I was, I, was, I was mildly subdued for a time being when they forked over a Captain Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. We had been promised this movie for so long, and it felt like everybody else got three movies, and Black Widow couldn't get one. So true. It's just it's one of those scenarios. Like literally, everybody else got three movies, and she's just sitting there like twiddling thumbs, being cute. I'm like, okay, great. This movie was absolutely the movie we deserved for her, though. It was excellent. It was a wonderful representation. Yep. It dove deeper into her history. It made her more true to comics than she may have previously been represented. Like, they had hinted at stuff in the past, but there had never been, like, thorough, thorough exploration of who she was and how she came to be who she is and all of those things. Um, my favorite part about this movie, admittedly, though, is not even that. It's 
it's Yelena. True, yes. Yelena is introduced, the White Widow, the other Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. And my thing about her that I love, Chris will talk about how fantastic she is, and I don't want to steal his thunder on that because I know he thought she was awesome too. My thing that I really want to say is that this is perhaps the most true-to-comic female character we've ever had in the MCU. That is not me saying that I haven't liked the representation of the women in the Marvel Universe, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought Nat is great. It took a while to get her to a point where I thought she was fine, but, I, you know, Nat is great. I think Captain Marvel is very good. I think, you know, Gamora is great. All of these characters are fantastic. But when we're talking pulling a character, stripping their, their 2D existence out of a comic and throwing it up on that movie screen... No one has hit the mark perfectly the way that Yelena has. Mm -hmm. She is an exact replica of her comic ex existence. And to me, that's just so refreshing. Yeah. I feel like there's been so much work done to make sure that the dudes feel very true to character and the women have just sort of like fit where needed. Like they yeah. fit the plot. They yeah. fit whatever story you're trying to tell. They're kind of just like, we make it work. Not this time. She actually like was right. She was right. <laughs> yeah. Um. How do I feel about this movie? I feel betrayed. Oh. I was not told this was gonna be like the funniest Marvel movie. <laughs> I feel like I was sold like a Mission Impossible, like a few like clever gaffs and japes from time to time, but mostly just like straightforward, like like a full on born movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie was funny as hell. It like was this very was like Ant Man levels of funny, and you know a lot of that goes to uh, Florence Pugh and David Harbour's just amazing comedic timing. Yeah. Which it's true. Florence Pugh, I really only know from Midsommar. Like, I don't feel like I know her from much else. And so yeah. I didn't have a lot of expectation. Not that she was bad. And she was great in Midsommar. And from the trailer, she looks like she was going to be a great Yelena. Um, but I didn't expect a comedic genius. Yeah. And fair. that's what I got. The delivery was great. The jokes are very well written. They were very well handled. Uh David Harbour's Red Guardian is an amazing character, and I'd love it if we could get more of him. He's just, he takes a lot of, he honestly, he takes, he borrows a lot from the MCU villains of these, like, all these guys that are, like, defining themselves by the Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your Obadiah stains and your whiplashes and your red skulls, like all these people that are like, I am in defiance of you and just kind of like pokes a little fun at it and makes just this fun little like super soldier character who doesn't take himself, isn't like super serious and doesn't take himself too seriously. He's kind of an oaf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and props to David Harbour because this is the first time I've seen him do this type of comedy. You know, we saw him be kind of funny and dry in Hellboy, and he's kind of got that same sort of funny, dry, stressed out vibe in Stranger Things. And so there are elements of humor in both of mm -hmm. those characters. Mm -hmm. But this is almost like 
mild slapstick. Yeah, like, to be he's honest, kind of a goober. This was the first time where he's not really like the straight man. Yeah, like because Hellboy had the jokes and the comedy and the silliness, but it was you know he was just sarcastic and witty. You know what I mean? He's the and eye then, roll type of humor. Yeah. Like, why am I doing? Like, I'm too old for Stranger Things. This stuff, you it's know? like he's funny in reaction to Eleven and the other kids and stuff like that. You right. Know what I mean, and he's more endearing than anything. Um, but in this, he was just he was just funny. He had like there was physical comedy. There was just like well timed things. There were a lot of things that I wonder if they were improv. He seemed to be going off book a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, which he honestly he had a great group to do that with. All these people are very very talented. Rachel Vice, uh, is it Weiss or Vice? I, I think never, it's Vice. I think it's Vice. Anyway, um, Florence Pugh, Scarlett Johansson, they're all very very talented individuals that could handle somebody going off book. So it was it was cool to see. And then yeah, Yelena was great. I don't think a action movie character has ever fully. Uh, fully i i don't think i've ever been able to relate to an action movie character so hard on the grounds of my like general nihilistic existential dread <laughs> just like yeah okay i guess i die this way like those kind of things just like not taking things seriously kind of really hating like capitalism and iconography and stuff like celebrity and stuff like that yeah. and just kind of being like yeah, all right. That's kind of dumb. I, I I get her. I get Yelena. Yelena, I get you. Um, it was cool too because Yelena in the comics. I I was curious how you were going, how they were going to articulate her from the comics into the into the movie because in the comics she's this weird dynamic between like super straight and like like on book and like getting things done and efficiency and like kind of being a dry hard ass but also being so like dry that her sarcasm just reeks on everything mm -hmm. and that's how they perfectly portrayed her yeah. in this and i gotta say like as far as as far as natasha goes as far as black widow goes um you know she's had a long road and scarlett johansson herself has been very open about that long road of going from her first introduction in Iron Man with the classic line of I want one where she's like very obviously objectified. And I think the creators of that movie and there was an article that someone posted where one of the writers was like, yeah, I still regret that line and stuff like that. I think the creators really wanted it to be more of a shot at Tony objectifying her and maybe showing her using the idiocy of men objectifying yeah. her to lie low and fly under the radar whatever their choice was, it wasn't delivered very well. And she was fairly an object and eye candy in the first one, especially with her original outfit, which is another thing that Scarlett Johansson has kind of like talked about how the outfits have changed. Yeah. Uh, I saw an article recently where she was talking about how, when black widow rolls up to like connect with Steve in winter soldier or civil war, one of the two, um, I forget which movie it was referencing to, but apparently the writers had written in that she was going to be wearing her tennis whites and like a blonde wig when she rolled up and everyone was like, no, mm -mm. that's don't. And <laughs> so there's been a lot of like progress. And in this movie very much, she also fits the bill of what I'm about to make a claim towards Yelena for. But 
Yelena, in my opinion, is the exact type of action slash superhero slash adventure movie female pro tag that we need to start normalizing and putting out there. Yes. She <clears throat> is not defined by being a woman. She doesn't really spend, with the exception of a few moments, doesn't really spend a lot of time being concerned about being a woman. She is a person with talents, most of which involve fighting and killing people, with a mission, most of which involves fighting and killing people, with a fun personality. She yeah. has things that she likes. She likes her vest a lot. It has pockets. You know <laughs> what I mean? She likes. You can hide things and you wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. She likes drinking. She likes, you know, the idea of her family and stuff. But she's never, never at any point, in my opinion, in this movie, is she defined as being a woman. And the one time she actually does start really like, look, I am, I am woman, is when she's trying to gross out Alexi and talking about what a hysterectomy is. And it's so well done because she's so clinical and yeah. just like it's it's well placed too because it's like I don't have these things. You still think of me as a woman because I am a woman mm -hmm. because you don't have to have these things to be a woman yeah. and it is what it is and I am what I am. And you know, in many ways this is the most badass representation of Black Widow that we've gotten and oh, she very yeah. much fits the bill in this movie, but it's kind of been a long road, so it's hard to even when you connect that this is in between Civil War and Infinity War and Endgame. And in Infinity War, she was like a super badass. But then in Endgame, we kind of see her as a mopey moperson. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's shaky ground in this in this movie, though, she's. Uh, Kate Shortland, the director, did an incredible job making these two women just great action stars. Yeah. Not great female action stars, just great action stars. And that's this movie. It was and you know, I'm talking up these elements in the movie. If I had to give the movie like a solid like numbers rating, I would say it's like a seven of a ten. Yeah. It was really, really funny. The plot itself, though. Mm, eh. And in the grand scheme of Marvel movies, didn't really do a lot to shape. It felt like it was more trying to shape potential Disney Plus things than it was the grand Marvel universe. Right. It didn't have a lot of like high, super high stakes in, involved. Or at right. least it didn't seem, they didn't build up the villain, this general guy, um, to really be that high stakes of a dude. Yeah. You know, we see him later on and we'll go ahead and say spoiler alert because I can't guarantee that things that come up any time from here won't be spoilery. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and let the spoiler alert fly. It's true. Um, But towards the end of the movie, we see him and he's talking about how I can activate all these widows and I've got a network everywhere and I can shut down wars or start wars. But it's like, can you or are you just talking shit? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. would the Avengers have already been on this if that was the case? Like, one of the Avengers is closely... And, yeah, the Avengers are broken up right now. But one dude who's recently kind of been in the wings is literally, like, one of the greatest assassins that ever lived. You know? And Clint, 
has been just kind of like out doing his thing, doing Avengers thing. Like, how is it that no one at any point in time was like, wait a minute, there's some sort of shadow network of like terrorist type assassin things that are causing trouble. We should do something about this. I will say there is some metaphor to him as a villain that I did appreciate. And I I will kind of go into that a little bit in that he is 100% misogyny incarnate. He is a predator. He is all of the things. Mm. When you think of... When you think of the Harvey Weinsteins and the skeezy yeah. old man who gets too close to your face and is too much in your space and is violating you as a person, as a woman, it's him. Like, yeah. everything he does, both on a macro scale of, you know, activating and, and debilitating all of these women and on a micro scale of even just, like, the interpersonal relationships and how he, like, addresses people, he is everything you think of that's wrong. And what I thought was super cool about this is that the whole premise of this is that Nat thought she had killed him, but she had not. And there's kind of something there about Black Widow killing misogyny and not. And here's the spoiler for you. Pew, pew. I'm going to give it anyway. Sorry. It's not Nat that kills it. It's Yelena. Mm -hmm. Yelena ends it. Yeah. And it's perfect. That was was a real solid... Uh, English critical thinking 101 type interpretation of this. Hey man, the amount of women's studies I took yeah. in college, um, it, it's built into my DNA. But yeah, this this movie was solid. It's it's a very fun popcorn movie. Like it's not as popcorn movie as something like the original Suicide Squad movie or anything like that. Like it has a little bit more substance, mainly in the chemistry between the cast. Uh, I still think the villain was kind of weak, really well done. And I agree with what you were saying. Like, I think Ray Winston did a really good job hammering home that the worst thing about this dude is that he's kind of a pig. He's everything not, wrong. Not on even that like side, a pervy you know? pig, which is nice. They don't ever show him doing anything salacious. Yeah, he's which not, is nice. He's not a sexual I, villain. I like that. We didn't yeah. we didn't define the villain by making him a rapist, which is something that I've harped on on here before and I harp on drunken bars to strangers all the time. <laughs> um is that I'm just tired of rape being the only thing we can use to qualify someone as evil in movies. It right. happens a lot. It's getting a little bit overblown. And it's causing the real world struggle of sexual assault to be this like commodity this like product that we you know oh good people are still you know having to deal with this all the time and having a lot of trauma about it let's put this in my movie so that people will instantly understand that this is a villain and i don't have to do anything creative right good good for you writers anyway uh this one i think the villain just could have been set up but i mean with already a two hour and like 15 give or take minutes runtime i guess they didn't really have a lot of time in setting up the family aspect but it's still it at least leaves you with this movie that doesn't have too convoluted of a you know plot point it doesn't have too too many twists and turns plot wise so if you're looking for a funny at times very sweet well acted super well choreographed uh action movie that's just kind of straightforward then this is a good one taking a bit of a step back to talk about choreography 
Let's talk about Taskmaster. I was waiting for it. Obviously, building up into this, we were advertising, you know, they were advertising like, boom, Taskmaster is the villain. He's going to be the villain. The Taskmaster scenes were very, very cool. You can tell the fight choreographers of this did a lot of research into like the bigger fight sequences of the previous movies and brought a lot of that. Like there were moments I pay a lot of attention to fight choreography. There were moments literally ripped from the movies, various things that black Panther did Captain America did in different parts of their, uh, their movies. I think a lot of it came from winter soldier and civil war, but those are some of the better choreographed movies, fight choreographed movies. So I'm fine with that. Um, (laughs) But they were very, very well done. And a lot of the fight sequences, there's a sequence where she's fighting multiple people. And that one's really epic. Yeah, that was There's a lot of wire fighting, people getting like pushed around like very, very far. But it's it's all there for impact and emphasis on what's going on. I mean, hell, probably the most um, aggressive and violent feeling fight of all of the fights is actually between the widows. Yeah. And... I say all this to lead to my next point, which is when is my poor little taskmaster going <laughs> to get the the juicy steak of a role that he deserves? <laughs> you know, I was excited to see him in the Spider-Man, the Sony Spider-Man game, and he was just there as like a side, an avoidable side quest if you wanted, and like a mini boss fight. And honestly, I saw a lot of people exploiting his spawn point and you can apparently just push him off a building instantly oh and then he was there in marvel's avengers and that is a a shame to begin with but (laughs) his appearance was just so limited and small and then in this he's not even taskmaster he's like a robot lady i mean it was cool that all of the women i'd be down with a lady taskmaster but this isn't a lady Taskmaster who has all the same abilities as Taskmaster and a similar personality to Taskmaster where he's kind of like Slade Wilson-esque. Yeah. And, you know, very like... Taskmaster's this very solid strategist. He's a really good strategist. He's a smart dude. He's got a really high IQ. He also has to play this like balancing game because if he memorizes too many things, he forgets other things. And like he's got to play this like game. He's like a living USB. Depending on what... (laughs) Depending on what story you're reading, you could even start to kind of put him on the spectrum and maybe make him a, you know, a character that people can look toward to be like, oh, that's cool. Because he's not always a bad guy. Sometimes he's an antihero. Sometimes he's more on the side of good. He just does what works for him. He's in the, like, chaotic neutral territory. Yeah. You know? But he, he was just a faceless thug. I'm sorry. No voice or personality. He was just a Terminator. You know what I mean? He was he was a T one hundred. He stomped a lot. He had very heavy feet. And he just went towards whatever. He even had like T one hundred freaking eyesight at one point. (laughs) He's really sad about this, you guys. Yeah, I'm bummed. I just I've always thought Taskmaster is a very underused character. Yeah. I just I personally think if Marvel, either in a movie or a game or a comic, ever just let Taskmaster be the nemesis, they could have a really cool comic on their hands. It's true. You know? I agree. And it's worked with other characters in the past. Recently, there was a short story arc 
featuring Moon Knight as like a full on bad guy, full on nemesis. Oh, wow. Moon Knight, this character that's constantly being pushed to the wings, has like a cult following, but never really gets his time to like, huzzah, gets this like big focus story arc in the Avengers comic. And it's great. And I'm just saying, Taskmaster could do the same. And I was really excited for Taskmaster to appear. I was really excited to see how they handle it. And I was a little bummed. I gotta say, of all the things that bummed me out, that probably bummed me the most. That's fair. Did anything in this movie bum you out? Um, I'm trying to think if anything like actively bummed me out. Um, I don't know that I was actively bummed. I'm a little... Okay, here's one thing that maybe bummed me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there's a character that they introduced in this movie that is a recurring character in the movie and that he appears multiple times as a support for Nat in finding her safe houses and transportation and all sorts of things. And they never once say his name that I can, that I, cause I was very actively like trying to pinpoint it. He's probably la- named on the, I am like in credits and things like that, but they never made him. They never really attached him to somebody. They, they never his made name him. Was, his name was Mason. She says it like once right in the beginning, but they never like made him somebody. Yeah. And to me personally, as a comic reader, when you have someone that serves a minor level of purpose in a movie like that, but is still a a person of purpose. Mm -hmm. It's such an easy way to throw in a rando comic character that would just light people's day. Yeah. So to me, when you make someone just sort of like a throwaway or a new, a nobody or somebody new, you're wasting an opportunity to give a shout out to your loyal readers who are paying for all of this stuff leading up to these movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you throw the dog a bone. Yeah, fair. And I just felt like it was a wasted opportunity. So that admittedly bummed me out because I was like, there's so many random merchants and makers mm-hmm. and providers and back end people that have been important. In the comics. Yeah. Just make him somebody. Yeah. Make him someone I would I would Google later. Like, it doesn't even have to be somebody big. It could be somebody from, like, way back in the day. But make him somebody that when I Google it and I get on a Marvel wiki, they're like, this person was in this issue of this. And I'm like, ha-ha, comics! <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, it's possible that he was. Did you look up every Mason in... Well, that's my problem. <laughs> Throw me a last name, okay? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, fair. Um, speaking of bums, shout out to Scarlett Johansson's for obviously having the top billing in this movie. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, Kate Shortland. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I'm not saying this in a, I was staring at her butt way. I'm saying this in a... There was a lot of very obvious butt shots <laughs> of Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I literally leaned to my friend about like 30 minutes into the movie and I was like 90% of this movie so far has been Scarlett Johansson's butt. You know what? There's a lot of butt shots. 
but she worked real hard for that bum. I mean, that's fair. That's how my friend responded. So I like <laughs> it's fair, and I'm not I'm not complaining necessarily. <laughs> you know, there are there are but plenty of male butt shots that happen in movies. It's you know, true. there's the whole America's ass thing. That is true. I was just shocked. I was I was a bit taken a butt <laughs> by it. Um, it was it was really interesting. I I like there were so many butt shots. The directors of Mass Effect Two would blush. <laughs> it was weird. I was just like, oh, there's another butt. Cool. There were some definite. There were some Kate definite booty shots. Kate Shortland obviously really likes low angle shots. We'll just go with that. Yeah. We'll just say the director of this film obviously really likes the like mid to low level shots, tracking shots, because it's always like it's always when she's walking. It's like she's walking with her gun out, and it's like instead of being like an up top shot or maybe even like an isometric or like over the shoulder shot or like a head on shot or something, it's always like a track shot, mid level. Just like ass in frame. Well, you know what? Pulling forward. Maybe they shot all of those different things you just listed. But then Scarlett, who's an obvious producer on this film, was in there during some editing and was like, oh, no, no. Do you know how many squats I've done? You're going with that one. Because I want everyone to know (laughs) that I worked hard for this ass. (laughs) I'm totally fine with it, man. Like, if you want to show off the the product of hard squats then you go right ahead i was just like i said i was taken aback because like i mentioned earlier black widow and scarlett johansson have had a long road to get to a point where they're not just there for tony stark to To be the ogle at yeah and then this movie was like 65 percent butt shots this was scarlett johansson ensuring that she's still going to be cast in movies for the next several yeah. years Fair enough. <laughs> i want somebody to do similar to how they did with the snyder cut and they did like they timed out all the slow motion the shots parts. i want somebody to do that with butts because <laughs> it wasn't just her butt too there were other butts she just being the focal point her butt was there a lot but there were other butts there was David Harbour butts. There were pig butts. There was like random goon butts. So it's like, there's a lot of ass in this movie, you know? It's true. Like, here's Porky's had less ass than this movie did. <laughs> now, here's the real question for you. Moving forward, now that Florence Pooh is in this movie, are we going to get some Zach Braff? That would be fun. I I'd, think there's any number of fake characters he'd be good Braff. with. Um, and yes, there is a stinger at the end. I won't spoil it for you. It sets up some interesting stuff. True. My personal theory, Thunderbolts, maybe. I don't know. But it does connect to something that happened in a recent Disney Plus series. Yes. Uh, which is interesting to see them connect those. Uh, so yeah. Get out and see this movie. Like I said, I give it a solid 7 of 10. I only really had one major grievance the rest of it is pretty straightforward action movie with some really delightful comedy and some nice guffaws it's true um and it was really nice just being back in a theater again to be honest yeah fair. it's been a while yeah that's gonna do it for us yes uh like we said earlier we are on summer vacation uh to be honest 
we have a lot of things changing. So this month is very, very hectic for us. Yes. So we just decided that we wanted to take a month off. Starting in August, life is, especially my schedule, is going to be very open. So it'll be a lot easier for us to do things more regularly. That is correct. And be more engaging uh, when we do them and also get out more episodes. So look for us coming back with Fire and Fury in August. Heckin' Vengeance. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to do these archived episodes and that'll be super sweet. And we're going to keep rolling stuff out on social media as we can. The TikTok has been a little slow. Again, see my aforementioned statement about <laughs> me Chaos. being super chaotic right now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll we'll be back with you in August. That's right. Definitely follow us on social media so that you can see when those new archive posts come out. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as Chris said. So be sure to follow us on all of the channels and keep an eye on your Saturdays or roughly around there <laughs> as we get these archive posts out. They are pretty fun. I hand edited them myself. I made very selective choices. I think you will be pleased. Yep. And at the end of this month, we are going to post what books we've been reading and what books we suggest. We're going to do it as a blog post, similar to the honorable mentions. That's right. It'll just be our books for July. So keep an eye out on the website for that to know what came out this week or this month. Honestly, this month so far hasn't been super. Um, so we'll see if it continues. It's like uh, everybody's on summer break. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but in the meantime... Until we're back at it, whether it's us from the past or us in the future, we will see you right back here for more Cover, Cover B. B.